Well, hello. Hi, baby. Love you guys. Just, just leave here knowing I'm cooler than Pastor Dwayne. That's the only message I have today. Thank you. Good night. It's good to be in God's house, huh? Can I tell you, the future's in good hands. You got your Bible, you got your device, whatever it is you use. Maybe you have the New Testament memorized. We're going to be in Hebrews today. I know theologians differ on who wrote it. I'm telling you, it was Paul. It was Paul. But I'm okay if you disagree with that. I ain't going to war over it. Find Hebrews chapter 11. I want to talk about a subject today that you, if you've been in church for a minute, you already know what I'm getting ready to talk about, right? What am I going to talk about today? Faith. 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 I'm so glad you're here. If it's your first time at the Body Dayton, my name's Jeff. Um, I'm Pastor Dwayne's understudy. And... He is mentoring me and molding me into the man I need to become. Five bucks. You owe me five bucks for that. <laughs> if you've been here for a minute, you know that one of my goals is that we don't just throw a bunch of church words around. I'm not, I'm not good at that. I'm honestly, I'm just not a good church member, quite honestly. But we... We, we, we don't throw a bunch of church words around. I want you, and as I'm still learning and growing, I want to I know what things mean when I say them. You feel me? We've been talking about grace. Uh, we talked about going after the one, and we're still in that mode. Today, I want to talk about faith because we use that word a lot. And your Bible says we all have a measure of faith, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I want it to increase in my life. I don't know about you, uh, but I, I want us to look today on what it really means uh, in terms of how it's applicable to us in our everyday life. Um, I don't have a, you know, object lesson of a three-legged stool that is faith, or any of those. I want to just go to the Word of God, if that's okay. There's a lot of Scripture we're going to read today. So if you've got your Bible, that's great. If you don't, that's okay, too. Every verse I read, with the exception of a couple, will be on the screen behind me. Um, but I, I, I really want us to dive into this subject. Before we start, I want you to know that I'm not diving into it because I think you don't understand it. I want to make sure you know that I ain't talking down to you just because even though I'm elevated just a little bit, I'm still the same tall as you because of, well, my natural height. But I, I am not talking down to you by no means. I, I am just trying to remind us of what God would want us to believe and to practice when it comes to our faith. So if you want to be on board with that, would you just say, let's go? <laughs> I should have said something different right there just to make you say something weird. Let's go, folks. <laughs> Nate Lamb podcast. Um, let's pray together and bless the reading of his word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this amazing group of young adults that are leading us in worship today, and we can receive it because it came from hearts that not just belong to you, but believe in you. So, Father, they sang truth today. They sung gospel today, so we receive it. But now, Lord, we, we open your word, and, Lord, we ask you to minister to us through your word. Convict us, challenge us. We bless the reading of your word. It is the manual for our life. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. And the church said, 
amen and amen. Find Hebrews 11, verse 1. Reading out of the New King James Version, your Bible says, Now faith is the substance or the realization. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the confidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Most of you have already got that verse memorized. You learned it. You've read it. You've done Bible studies on it. I get it. I love what the Amplified Version says. I love how it parses this verse out. It says, now faith is the assurance. That's the confirmation. That's the title deed. In other words, you own it. It's the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see in the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I want you to look at that one more time because this is the heart of my message today. I've, again, I don't title messages well, but if I was going to title, I'd say let's live in the unseen. Let's live in the unseen. Because I don't know about you, but the scene is a little depressing. Am I right, though? I think the church should live in the unseen to bring heaven to earth. So it said, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I love that. Um, the pastor of Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, he said this. He said, faith is the mirror of the heart that reflects the realities of an unseen world, the actual substance of his kingdom. Through the prayer of faith, we are able to pull the reality of his world into this one. This is the function of faith. So if I had to define faith, uh, not, not uh, correcting the scripture whatsoever, but so that I can process the data in my mind, I would have to say that it is genuinely just pulling the reality of heaven down to the reality of earth. That's faith. Living in such a way that you believe that heaven can come to earth. Listen, let's be honest. If we didn't think that or didn't believe that, it's kind of hopeless. Because the only solution we have, listen, listen, Larry Norman's saying, why don't you look into Jesus? He's the only answer. So we got to understand that he's the only answer. So we've got to pull heaven to earth. Amen, Jeff. I'll do it. Don't worry. I got it. I will encourage myself in the Lord. See, bottom line is faith is the anchor in the unseen realm. And I just believe sometimes that we can get so overwhelmed with the scene that we lose sight of the unseen. And it makes it very difficult to have the faith to change our environment, to change what's happening. And I think the church needs to do better. I need to do better. I'm, let me just, I'm a part of the church, so I need to do better. So if you want to go on this journey with me, then buckle up. Because I believe if, if you can see it, if you can touch it, you can feel it, it's probably not faith. The Bible contrasts the life of faith with the limitations of our natural sight. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, you know that verse. You know that verse. I, I, if I polled every one of you, you would say you believe that verse. Don't raise your hand. How many of us walk by faith and not by sight? I struggle with it. I struggle with it. Faith, I believe, provide, provide eyes for the heart. We're able to see the way God sees things, and we're able to discern what needs to happen. What, what, does, what do we need from heaven right now to change this? That's access through faith. 
We're saved through faith. We're saved by grace through faith, according to Scripture. But, 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 but this faith also enables us to see the unseen. It enables us to see his kingdom and how his kingdom needs to interfere in everything that's going on. The Gospel of Mark, verse 17 and 18 of chapter 8 says, Do you not perceive nor understand Jesus talking? He said, Is your heart still hardened? You have eyes, but you do not see. You have ears, but you do not hear. And then he's, he tags it with this, and you don't even remember. What, what, what's he scolding you about? You don't even remember what I've done. We think faith is a vehicle to get us into the family of God, but faith was not intended only to get us saved. Although it requires faith, and I'm not diminishing that in any way, shape, or form, but it's the nature and substance of this life as a follower of Jesus Christ to be able to do what it is we're supposed to do on this planet while we're here. And I'm just encouraging you today to pray for more faith. I'm encouraging you to activate that faith. I'm encouraging you today to understand why you need it. That's all. That's all. See, faith sees. Faith brings his kingdom into focus. You can look at a situation, and although you want to look at that and go, oh, man, this is brutal, this is, and it may very well be, but you can look at it through the lens of faith, and you can see, oh, but I see how his kingdom is going to get interjected here and change everything. And we're the catalyst for that. We're the church. We're the catalyst for that. I guess my question is, do you even want that? Because if you want that, it's available. We are told over and over again to turn our attention toward the invisible. Again, Paul writing in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 2, he says, set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. This is hard. This is not easy. I'm not wagging my finger at you going, how can you not look at the things unseen, the things, because it's hard. Because we're overwhelmed and inundated with everything around us. But Paul also said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, the things which are seen are temporary. Everybody say temporary. Temporary. Oh, if we could get this. Oh, if we could just wrap our mind around this. That everything we see right now at this moment, March 27th, we would know temporary. Our lives are a vapor. He said, the things which are seen are temporary, the things which are not seen, except through the lens of faith, are eternal. But I want to suggest that this faith exists in the concept that we have and how we contextualize the kingdom of God. See, this faith, this faith is only available to us as how we understand the kingdom of God. Heaven, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God the Father. See, how you frame those is how you frame faith. And if your faith is small, your God is small. Your Holy Spirit is just the one that helped you speak in tongues. Because again, I say, faith exists in what our conception of God and his kingdom is. When I, when I have a misconception of who God is and when I have a misconception of why I'm here, if I have a misconception of who I am in Christ, my faith is weak. Oh, but when I know those things, let's go. Because it ain't me. It's God. God, what do you want me to do? Oh, you want me to pray into that? Got it. Because it ain't me. The conception you have of God and his kingdom 
See, faith is free to develop when we see the heart of God, and we don't know the heart of God unless you're in this book. Oh, I'm all about, I'm all about podcasts and sermons. You're watching this right now. Many are watching this on Facebook Live right now. Thank you for joining us. But you need to understand, um, if God's telling you to get in this, turn me off so fast, your fingers bruise from hitting the button and pick up this book and learn the heart of God. That's how your faith will be increased. That's why Paul encouraged us to live in the unseen and the eternal. Paul, a people rather, who live in the natural, they're, 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 they're kind of filled with this unbelief, but there's this sense of pride because they say they're realists. They're realists. And listen, that's probably an honest evaluation, but let me just help you with something. Don't be too proud of that because it's only, you're only a realist because of what you see. And I'm not asking you to deny or avoid the real things that are happening in your life. Please, no, 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 man. Uh, Miss Kim tells me all the time, embrace the feeling. Embrace it. Go with it. I'm like, I'm trying not to. You know me long. You know I, I, can, I can cry on you right now. But people who lean on that, they are very proud of it and, and, and whatever. But... What I've learned, and this was my reality for a long time, they believe more in what they see than what they don't see. We've been shaped to operate by what is picked up through our senses rather than what's picked up through our spirit based on the kingdom of God. Are you still with me today? I feel like I'm talking 100 miles an hour. Am I doing all right, Dwayne? All right. You taking notes? Yeah, I bet you. You're going to preach this again, aren't you? Listen, I want you to understand that faith is not living in the denial of reality. Please don't. I'm not saying that at all. And I, I hope you don't hear that. That's not what I'm saying. It's not, it's not a denial of the natural realm. Because I know there's problems. I know there's troubles. But I can acknowledge that and still have faith that God is in control and will supply every need. And I can bring heaven to earth. Now, which do you want? Which, I have to ask, which do I want? Because let me tell you something. I had, the, I had the second greatest mom in the world after my beautiful wife. And here's the thing. My mom was a worrier beyond worriers. And I inherited some of that. And what I had to learn was, I, I, I was telling the kid not too long ago, I'm like, sometimes in the middle of the night, I have to audibly say to my mind, stop. Stop. Just stop. Because I can go down these weird trails of the what ifs and the the if thens and the I, I, I'm sure I'm the only one you ain't you don't deal with that so just just listen to my story because that's you you're way more spiritual than that and I gotta say like you gotta stop and I'm like God I don't even know how to pray about this so I just begin to worship just begin to praise. Next thing you know, three hours goes by and I've been asleep. See, it's living with the reality, not ignoring what's happening, but the reality that there is a greater kingdom than the one I live in. And there's a greater kingdom than the one I've built because mine will dissolve. His will never, ever, ever dissolve. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, the enemy wants to disrupt heaven. Let me say that again. The enemy wants to disrupt heaven, but he has no dominion there. So what does he want to do? He wants to come and mess you up and mess me up. And what happens, and we don't even mean to, we come into agreement with him. We come into agreement with him, and I don't want to do that. And we make his realm, reality, instead of the kingdom of God. But I want to suggest also that due to many of the things we've seen in the church, I want to validate you for a second, as I probably validate myself. Because of what we've seen in the church, many times we as the church, we can be so afraid of what it looks like to others. 
I mean, come on. That hyper-spiritual person that you know, don't they drive you bananas? God's got this. Does he, though? I'm still broke, still sick, and I need a job. Glory to God. No, no. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We can be so afraid of what it looks like to other. We're afraid of being considered naive. Thank you. We're being honest in here today. We're so afraid of being considered naive and living in denial when really what we're really doing is we're withholding the power of heaven. We're holding up, rather, the power of heaven. When we're, when we're trying to be spiritual in a situation, it's not that we're being naive. It's not that we're being foolish. We're trying our best, right, church? We're trying our best to just say, look, I need the power of heaven to intercede in this situation because I ain't got this. And if you want to call me naive, call me naive, but I'm not worrying about it. I can't. I'm too old. I'm too tired. (laughs) I can't worry about it anymore. Either God has it and God's on his throne or he's not. So let's talk about how we access that. be the longest introduction I ever gave in my life. Listen, I'm here to tell you that people of faith, they live in a reality too. Oh, but listen, (laughs) they just have their foundation in a superior reality. And that's where I want to exist. I I, I think um, unbelief is a faith in something other than God. Unbelief is a is a, is, is a faith in my bank account. It's a, it's a faith in my marriage. It's a faith in my relationship. It's a faith. And I want to suggest to you before we turn a corner here that that makes God jealous because he's a jealous God. You're like, wait, what? No, that's a characteristic of God. He's a jealous God. And when I put my faith in something other than him, that don't set well with him. Now, he ain't throwing lightning bolts from heaven down on my head like we have a picture of him doing, but it, it hurts the heart of God. You ever thought about, I thought about this last night. I'm looking over some notes and just praying over the message again. You ever thought about most goals that the average church has? You're like, uh, no, that's your job. Um, Maybe, maybe, but, but I want you to think about it too. And m- the average goals that most churches have can be accomplished without God. I'm just going to let that sit there for just a second. Because what do they need? Well, they just, they need people. They need money. They need a strong, charismatic leader. Right? I've said, I've said, Miss Kim and I and, and my family, we started the church 22 years ago. Not this church, the church we started when, when, in our basement. And I, I just said over and over and over again, I can fill a room. Are you kidding? I can fill a room right now. My goal is, though, not to fill a room. My goal is to see people come to Jesus Christ and to have their life changed forever and their marriage is healed and their kids saved. (laughs) Come on. I want to do baby dedications and weddings and all the fun stuff. I'm not here to, I'm not here to, to fill a room. But if you think about the the goals of the average church, because determination can get the job done. You feel me? But that doesn't mean we've walked in faith. I want to set goals. I want to set objectives that we can't do without God. As a church, 
as a family, I want to set goals and objectives that I, it's impossible for me to accomplish without the creator of the universe getting behind it going, let's go, Jeff. Let's go. Dwayne, let's go. That's what I want. And that happens one way, and that's when we strengthen our faith. And as we learn to pray heaven down to earth, we become spirit-led instead of an agenda-led church. Hebrews 11, we've been in verse 1. Let's look at verse 3 very quickly. By faith, everybody say faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, I want to move on from this rant that I'm on right now. But I need to understand that you understand that I'm talking about living in the unseen. We good? Because I want to move on. But it does no good to talk about faith if you don't get it, if you don't get what I'm trying to communicate. And I'm not saying I'm doing it well, but I'm saying I'm out of words. So we good. Let me uh, look at a quote from a hero of mine who's now with the Lord, uh, Mr. Smith Wigglesworth. He said, if you want anything from God, you'll have to pray it. You'll have to pray into heaven. That is where it all is. I want to be that simple. Not ignorant. I want to be that simple. You want anything from God? you got to pray into heaven because that's where it all is. If you live in the earth realm and expect to receive from God, you ain't getting nothing. He said, you will never get anything. Honestly, for the, next, for the rest of the time we have together, I'm going to say nothing better than that because I pulled that out of one of his books. And I'm like, that is, that's right. We've got to pray into heaven. So how do we do that? Well, let's, let's just be super simple this morning. I think the model prayer gives us some insight. The book of Matthew, you don't have to turn there. It'll be behind me. But Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, you know this. You've memorized this probably. If you grew up in a different faith system, you probably had to memorize that and had to say it over and over again. Your Bible says, my Bible says this. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Remember what's happening here. Jesus is praying. His disciples come up and they're like, whoa. They're like, dude, that's praying. So they go to to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray. That's what's going on right before this. Teach us how to pray. Because, I, I, I mean, clearly we don't know how to pray because we don't pray like that. So teach us how to pray. And he said, I got this, yeah. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's fair. Give us this day our daily bread. He says, and, we forg- and, we, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Arr! Man, I was good up to here. Move on. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power, the glory forever. Amen. Can we give him a shout of praise this morning? See, this example shows us two priorities of prayer. If we're going to pray into heaven, thus increasing our faith and getting heaven to move on our behalf through faith in our world right now, today, in your situation and in mine. Two priorities of prayer is the intimacy of God through worship. He said, hallowed be thy name. I mean, he's like, in other words, your name must be kept holy in everything I do. That's what that means. Literally translated. Whatever I'm doing, I don't care if I'm making dinner, if I'm washing the dishes, going to work, whatever it is, I have to make sure your name remains holy based on what people know of me. See, if it's anything other than that, your faith is weak. My faith is weak. And I'm going to go to the second priority, but I want to ask how are we doing on that? Uh, it's rhetorical, obviously. 
Your name must be kept holy. And the second priority is to bring his kingdom to earth. In other words, establishing his dominion. You're like, he already has dominion. No, I get that. I get that, but I have not got off of his throne sometimes in my life, and I placed Jeff Burke on the throne. Shame on me. No, it doesn't make him less God. It makes me less effective. So I, I know what I do can't change who he is, but what I do and who I am changes how his life intercedes with mine. So the second priority of prayer when it comes to faith is bringing his kingdom to my situation. He said, your kingdom come. But before we can live this, we got to realize, and this, and this is hard. And again, it's hard because we're inundated with life. But in order for this to become a reality in our life, we've got to realize that we are ambassadors of another world. And this isn't it. This isn't the world. We're, we're, we're passing through here. This ain't it. This ain't home. Oh, come on. This ain't home. But what I do here can change eternity forever. But I don't re represent here. I represent there. And as my faith increases, I'm able to bring more of heaven here. Because I believe it. No, I don't mean kind of believe it. I mean your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This world is our assignment, but it's not our home. I, and I don't know what your assignment is, but I know it's not your home. Your assignment might be raise your kids, be the best employee you can be. Be the greatest spouse you can be. Be a good churchgoer. Be a good gospel spreader. I don't know what your assignment is here other than what the Bible says that we should be doing, but I know this. Don't get comfortable in that assignment because this ain't it. This ain't the end. And the more of heaven you bring here, the more excited you'll get about there. And I'll even suggest the more excited you'll get about your assignment here. Because you'll see God move. You'll see God do what God said he would do. See, I believe our only, let me, let me speak for myself. I'm not going to indict you. My only restrictions exist between my ears. My only restrictions in bringing heaven to earth is right here. 100% of the time. You know, God, you know, you know. You don't have to do that. I'll just do something. I'll try harder. I'll look. But I believe the more we live as citizens of heaven and not earth, the more heaven's activities infect our lives and just overwhelm us in the best possible way. That's why the first priority, I believe, of prayer is my man, it's, it's praying heaven down in worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In Psalm 22.3, we see God responds to praise and worship in a very interesting way. It's a literal invasion. He said, but you are holy. You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Thank you, Jesus. And then as his presence becomes more and more manifested, our faith will grow. Who knows what I'm talking about? As you see God move, your faith grows. Oh, you answered that prayer. I'm on the next one, right? But you have, we have to understand that God's moving whether we see it or not because remember, it's not what we see. It's what we don't see. So we have to believe that heaven's coming to earth whether we see it or not. You're like, well, I gotta see it to believe it. Sorry about your luck. That's not how it works. It's not how it works at all.
Isaiah said in Isaiah 42, let the whole world glorify the Lord and let it sing his praise. The Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior full of fury. He will shout his battle cry and crush all his enemies. <laughs> I, I, I think once we recognize who we're working for, Faith comes a little easier. But when we're only looking at what we see, see things horizontal, it's easy to wonder, where are you, God? What are you doing? What are you not doing? Here's truth. Based on what we've already read, if it exists in heaven, it can be loosed on earth. I'm going to try that again. Dwayne, amen that when I say it, okay? I didn't bring my wallet out here. But. Here, here's, here's the, if it exists in heaven, it can be loosed on earth. Amen. Let's have a real conversation right now. Do you believe that? No, 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 no. Stop, stop. I know what you, want, I, what you think I want you to say, and I do. <laughs> but I'm asking you to be honest. Do we really, really, really if you do it will change how you pray it will change how you get out of bed in the morning it'll change how you lay your head down at night if it exists in heaven little five foot six old man Jeff Burke I can unleash it on earth you can't tell, but I'm puffing my chest out. As my son said once, you got to have a chest, Dad, to pump it out. I get it. I get it, son. I get it. By the way, today's his birthday. Happy birthday, son. I love you. I... <laughs> Faith is what grabs a hold of the reality that if it exists in heaven, I can unleash it here. Little faith. Jesus, quick, quick sidebar, Jesus, in talking to his followers, he measured it in three levels of faith. The first one was no faith. You got no faith. The other was little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. The other was, I have not seen such great faith from anyone. Now, now, where it falls on us is what category do we want to be in? No faith? We kind of settle for little faith. I want Jesus to look at Jeff Burke, and I, I, I don't think it's a pride issue, but maybe. I want him to look at me and say, listen, this guy, I've not seen. I've not seen a faith in all of the 937. I know he said Israel, but in all of Dayton, like this dude. Quick note, just between us friends, I ain't there yet. But that's my goal. That's so my goal. The will of God seen in the rule and reign of his presence. Again, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, he says, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord, oh my God, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, say it please. Oh, now say it like you mean it. Freedom. Chains falling off. Walking in who you are in Christ. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, it demonstrates the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So if he's not Lord of your life, I mean, don't even quote this verse. And I'm not, I'm not being a jerk about it, but I'm like, I mean, if he's not the Lord of your life, just say you're working on that, and, and, and we'll help you in that journey. But in order for the lordship of Jesus Christ to be in your life, he's got to be the Lord of your life. I'm a simple man. 
two and two is four in my head, right? Because where God manifests his kingdom, the fruit of that dominion is freedom. That was good. A little self-promotion. Where God manifests his kingdom, the fruit of that dominion is the liberty and freedom to live in Jesus Christ. Come on. That's what I want. That's what I need. And if that's true, and it is, then it stands to reason that conversely, if it's not free to exist in heaven, then it must be bound here. Hmm. Well, how do we do that? Well, glad you asked. Again, Matthew 16, verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Red letters. So this is Jesus. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. This is way deeper than I'm going to give it attention today. So my apologies, because it deserves much more, but I'm talking about bringing heaven to earth. We'll save that for another time. But the implication here is that we can only bind or loose here what has already been bound or loosed there. In other words, heaven's our model. Let me ask a simple question. You want heaven loose in your home? You want hell loose in your home? I mean, I mean, it's like, let me think about it. No! That's one of those things you don't have to pray about. <laughs> yeah, there's some things you don't got to pray about, and that's one of them. Yeah, trust me. I love that he says, give us this day our daily bread. Let me ask, is anybody starving in heaven? Then why are they starving here? Because we haven't brought heaven to earth. Oh, that, I, listen, here we go. Now we're back to my stance on basic human rights that we withhold from people because I hate injustice. Yes, we are. Ain't nobody starving in heaven. Let me go over here. Our family's over here. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna say nothing bad about me. Ain't nobody starving in heaven. So what are we doing about it? See, I'm not talking about the misconception of prosperity preachers that drive me bananas. I'm based, basing it on the truth of Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. We walk on gold there. We sung about it. Yikes. To supply our needs according to what his riches were in <laughs> Ain't nobody broke in heaven. Okay. And then forgive us our sins. We've forgiven those who sin against us. Is there unforgiveness in heaven? Absolutely not. Then why is it in our life? See, see we, we, we can't pick and choose what we pull down from heaven. No, we either pull heaven to earth through faith, or we go find another hobby and do something else on Sunday mornings. Because the world needs us. The church needs us. And we need men and women, boys and girls of strong faith that will pray heaven to earth to change the environment that we live in, to change the heart of leaders, to rescue the perishing, to care for the dying. Heaven provides the model of our relationship here on earth. Uh, the verse won't be behind me, but Ephesians 4 said, and be kind to one another. Why is that so hard? Why is that so hard? And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Then he says, be imitators of God as dear children. Our model is Jesus model is Jesus. And isn't that whose kingdom we seek? Isn't that whose kingdom we're trying to get propagated here on this crazy planet? It is. Is that don't lead us into temptation. There's no temptation. There's no sin in heaven. 
One of the best ways to see that we're living under the king's rule is that we keep ourselves separate from evil. Oh, I don't mean don't take the gospel to the evil. Um, don't let the evil become you. And there's a difference. And might I suggest that before you think you're taking the gospel to the evil, make sure you're strong enough. I'm going to say it again. Because this is the demise of so many well-meaning people. They, people think they've got to become what it is they're trying to correct. You do not. I said you do not. If you're not strong enough, take someone who you think is with you that can say, we're gone, we're out, we're out. No, I'm good, I'm good. You're not good. Have somebody you trust that's strong enough. You still with me today? All right. This prayer, I believe, is a request for God not to give us more blessing than what our character can handle. The whole model prayer to me, that's what, I, that's what resonates with me, is that God, give me, give me, he said daily bread. He didn't say cabinets full. Because I think he knows that sometimes he'll bless us to the degree our character can't maintain it. I'll become greedy. Become complacent. Become apathetic. And I say that God knows me better than I know me. And sometimes, again, I'm speaking for myself. Sometimes my anointing, sometimes my gifts are ready for increase, are ready for abundance, are, are ready for promotion, but my character's not. So I've got to align these things. He said, deliver us from the evil one. He didn't say deliver us from evil because remember our assignment? He didn't say deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. When you live in the spirit realm. You live in the unseen. You pray heaven down. You have, you have just success. You have success in spiritual warfare. The kingdom of God. Listen, it's, it's, it's God's own possession. That's why he alone can give it to us. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. I love this. Do not fear, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Why are we fighting him on it? I'll tell you why I do. Sometimes. It's uncomfortable sometimes. It's painful sometimes. People will leave you sometimes. People will squarely stick a blade right between your shoulder blades sometimes. But it does not change. That our assignment is here, that our home is there, and it's my Father's good pleasure to give me all of his kingdom. In the original language, and I, don't, I can't speak Greek or any of that junk, but I, I read a lot. It means, literally translated, all the kingdom. Oh. Yes, please. I'll take it. Take it in spades. Hey, Jeff, well, how do I do this? Well, let me, let me, let me round third and head for home here. Um, um, Thursday night, I'm in prayer, and my God, and if you've ever spoke or taught or whatever, for me, the hardest thing, other than titling a message, is how do I end it? Not, not because I'm, I, I don't know how, but it's because I... I don't know where the exit ramp is sometimes. Oh my God, I, I, I want to leave with, with the application that they can understand. He gave me this. I typed it up. Suppose I owned a restaurant. You wanted to purchase the right to franchise it. You with me? So, JB's Hamburgers and Shakes, 
You want to duplicate it. So you purchase the franchise to my restaurant. In other words, you come into agreement with me, yeah? You're going to, you're investing, you obtain the name. The menu. You obtain everything that comes with it, the design, the management strategies, the training programs, and you're required to follow all the prescribed standards that I have set in place. Well, because it's my idea. So you want to be a part of my idea? That's fair. Okay. The policy manual for the employees and managers alike, they're copied from the original, and it doesn't change. In essence, I just superimpose my big idea over what you want to do, and each new location They're all alike. They're all like the original location. The only difference are the personalities and and the strengths of each employee. I mean, I'm okay if how you address a customer might be different than how I would because you're you and I'm me. But you can't deviate from the plan. If you do, you're not a part of my franchise. You're just not. You can say you are, but I'm going to snatch it up up from under you because no, you're not. Because I'm the one who paid the original price for the... So why then? Why then do we think that we don't need to do it his way? I mean, I mean... When we pray for his kingdom to come, we're asking him to superimpose the rules over our life. All of them. We're asking him to put order in our life like he would have us live. If we're going to pray, your kingdom come into my life, when he superimposes those things in our life, We can't call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ and not adhere to the plan. I wish there was a cute, funny way to say that because I feel the weight of it when I say it, but there is not. There just is not because his world will collide with my world. And then I'll get mad at him about it. May it never be. See, our battle is really for dominion. At the end of the day, you're like, no, I'm not trying to battle for Yeah, we are. Our battle is for dominion, ours or his. Through faith. But it makes it so much easier to make it about his. But you got to desire great faith. you got to do what it takes for great faith because we can do incredible things through intimacy with God. Incredible, incredible things by walking in great faith. See, God chose to work through us as his church, as individuals, inside the walls of the church, outside the walls of the church. I love what Paul wrote in... Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, but we are citizens of heaven. Are you seeing this? Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. See, when I read the scriptures, man, I, I put myself in it, and I know you do too, but when I read about a great cloud of witnesses, I mean, sometimes when I'm praying, and I don't even know what to say, so I just moan, right? Holy Spirit said, he just takes it. I, I got that. I got that moan. Yeah, I got you. He takes it, translates it into what my heart really wants to try to say. I know there's a great cloud of witnesses, right? But man, I imagine Jesus Christ sitting next to his father, looking over the banister of heaven. It's all right, Jeff. 
hear you. And he might call some folks over. I don't know how it works. I'm not there. But in my mind, I got way more support there than I have here. And isn't that what we're trying to bring here? The power and majesty and glory of heaven? Yes. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Yes, we are. But can I tell you? I'm tired of talking about it. Full disclosure. Jesus is coming back. but I want to live like he never is. I want to be the difference. I want the body dating to be the difference in your homes and community, in this nation, in this world. God gave me a revelation last night. You've heard me say for 22 years that God's going to give us the nations. He gave me a revelation on that last night. I ain't going to share it today, but I will. And when he begins to give it to us, if we don't have great faith, we'll fall by the wayside. I ain't falling by the wayside. With God as my help, I don't know, it ain't about me. I'm not falling by the wayside. No way. No way, no way. Pastor Dwayne ain't falling by the wayside. We've had too many opportunities to fall by the wayside. The pastors of this church, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Chancy, Pastor Ben, we're not falling by the wayside. What we're asking, we need, you to, we need you to be a part of bringing heaven to earth. Not for me, not for Dwayne, for the kingdom of Almighty God. Our faith must in Paul spoke the words that we read in Philippians 3 to the church at Philippi, a Roman city in Macedonia that enjoyed the Roman culture, but it wasn't their home. It wasn't their paradigm. They were citizens of another world. We have the privilege of representing heaven to this world. I'm asking myself, and I'm just asking you, how are we doing? Because I want to bring the manifestations of heaven in everyday life as we represent the King. Let, 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 me, let me say this real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm closing right now, I promise I'm done. I'm allowed three closes, it's in my contract. You know that the, the Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith. I, I, I hate preacher slogans, but, but it, it's, it's, just, it's just a bunch of people are named in Hebrews 11, right? I mean, we read, we read faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Da, 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 da. Um, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made uh, things which are visible. And then it turns a corner. And I want to leave you with this, with this. It turns a corner, and I said, and here's what happened. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Hmm. You, you can't offer... You can't offer a sacrifice that he is worthy of without faith. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not even see death. By faith, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For, he comes to, for who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warmed of things not yet seen, not yet seen, not yet seen. moved with godly fear and prepared an ark 
for the saving of his household. And something you may have never noticed in Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, for which he, Noah, condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness according to his faith. He was able to change. No, listen. He was able to change the bad and turn it to good. And I get it. I know all the church kids are saying, but he got drunk. And God ain't looking for perfection. He's looking, he's looking for, he's looking for these dudes right here, right? <laughs> By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country. That's where we are. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child. She was past the age, etc. We're not trying to exercise faith for the sake of exercising faith. I want us to increase our faith and exercise a great faith for the increase of the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me? I, I, I feel the need, feel the need to to say that strong faith is not the absence of doubt. <laughs> strong faith isn't even the absence of unbelief sometimes. But strong faith is that you believe. You believe in Almighty God more than you believe in a circumstance. You believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and a resurrected Jesus Christ more than you believe in your situation. So I'm not asking you to beat yourself up when it's hard to believe sometimes and when doubt might creep in, but I am asking you to just tell your mind, stop and begin to praise and worship your King. If you're here today, And the first step of faith you need to make is to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who paid for your sin and my sin on the cross. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. We're going to celebrate it in just a couple weeks. Resurrection Sunday. Where the enemy thought he won. One day passed, two days passed. Oh, but on the third day. That stone rolled away and my Jesus got up. And he did that for you. And he did that for me. And if you don't know him today, I want to introduce you to him right now, right here. It's the greatest decision you can make. And if you don't know him, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you right now. I won't call you out. Thank you, sweetie. You're so precious. <laughs> Who else? Who else joined this precious little girl that would say, I need Jesus. I, I don't know that I know him. Baby, listen. Everything we do is for you. Everything we do, every song we sung, every verse I read is for you. And today, there's going to be so much about this you don't understand. But you made me the happiest guy in the world because you're going to change your world by saying yes to Jesus Christ because you know we're sinners you know we do bad things and we mess up but you know Jesus paid for that I'm going to pray I just want you to believe this in your heart because your Bible says 
If we confess the Lord Jesus, He will save us. And if we confess we're sinners, which you just did, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Oh, you don't have to unload every sin you ever did. That's not what it means. It means we're coming to an agreement that you're right and I'm wrong. Pray with me. Father, God, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to take my place on a cross because I couldn't do it. God, thank you for sending your son because I couldn't give my son. Thank you for sending perfection when I'm so imperfect. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from them. I turn from lying. I, I turn from anger. I turn from everything that is unpleasing. To you. I turn from it right now. And I go the opposite direction. And although I'm not perfect and I won't get, won't get it right every time, Jesus, Jesus, I will live for you. Every moment of every day of my life. And I will see you work in my family. Thank you for saving me, for making me brand new. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Lead me, guide me, direct me in the ways you would have me go. In the powerful, unstoppable name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen and amen.